And well, I missed being with you all last Sunday. Carol and I were actually in Florida. I had this conference with Christ Together. It's a network that we're a part of. And then uh, we decided, that was Monday through Wednesday, so we decided to go down a couple days early and see Dennis and Sharon Barber, who are founding members of the church here. And um, they've been gone for a little while. They live in that Sarasota, Florida area. And they had told us about this great church that they were going to. So I've been longing to go there and check it out, which I love to go to different churches, see what they're doing, learn from them and, and all of that. And um, this church is called Bayside Community Church. It's actually where they go. It's just one campus of nine different campuses for this one church. So this one church has nine different campuses. So uh, we're there, get up early Sunday morning, we're going to the first service, and I was just so impressed as we arrived. We got there 30 minutes early, and as we turned in the parking lot, there were all kinds of volunteers. All these people, they're wearing the same color shirt, and they're helping to direct all the traffic. So we um, go through there, and we make our way to a parking space, and then we begin to go to the front doors of the church, and uh, as we approach, guess what? More volunteers. Now, they're wearing different shirts um, because they're the greeters, and so they're greeting you and making you feel welcome. Then we get inside, and they have this huge um, just general area, you know, the foyer, if you will, and yet more volunteers, different color shirts, and they're there to help connect you, to answer any questions that you might have. And then... Um, even one lady, she didn't even have a shirt on. I mean, she had a shirt on. Don't get me wrong there, but not one. Anyhow, the, uh, you know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, Carolyn was looking. She, they had tea and coffee, but she doesn't really drink hot tea typically. So she wanted some iced tea. So this lady just goes and finds a cup of ice and brings it to her. I mean, it was unbelievable, the service. And I looked over in the children's area, and guess what? They had all the same color shirts on. And all these volunteers just so impressed by, by this church. One of the interesting things is this church has only opened their doors like five weeks ago. So they're, this is their first facility that they've been in. Um, so then we go into the sanctuary, and it's this big grand sanctuary. It seats like over 800 people, and it just began to fill up, which I was shocked. The whole place just fills up. And this is a, a new church location, and already they're full. What was also um, just interesting to me, it was the Sunday after Easter. So usually you get this big crowd for Easter, and then you get a very low crowd. Like the, the Sunday after Easter is known as Low Sunday. You know, a lot of people come, it's like Christmas. Like lots of people show up for Christmas and Easter. The following Sunday, not so much. So we go in there, the place is full. Um, Great music, then they had their announcements, then their campus pastor gets up and he begins to share. And he shared that they had 3,600 people at that one campus alone for Easter. 3,600 people. And then he said, of those 3,600, 90 of them committed their lives to Jesus. And everybody is celebrating. I am celebrating. I'm like, this is amazing. But then if I'm being honest with you, I was a little jealous. And I was feeling a little insecure. I, I was quite humbled because I was coming off of our Easter, which was the best ever. We had 977 people here in person on Easter and then um, a couple hundred more that were watching online. So I was feeling pretty good about myself. Then I go in there and this, this church just opened and it's like four times as many people. So anyhow, it's good to be humbled. And then that 
that humbling continued. So then the next day we go to this conference and there's, there's 16 pastors and their wives there from across the country. And, and I'm going and, and they're all like these really gifted pastors, um, really talented. At least three of them pastor churches of 15,000 people or more. I'm one of 16, and, and I'm wondering, how did I get here? Like, how did I get the invite? I actually went up to the guy and said, how did I get invited to this thing? Like, I don't feel like, like I belong. I mean, look at some of these people. But the interesting thing was, as we spent time together, because, again, it was a smaller group, and we would have meals together, and we would move around so you didn't stay with the same people, they were just awesome, humble people. And they were just using their gifts that God had given them in the context in which he had placed them. And they weren't any different than you or I. And, and if you were there, you wouldn't know who was pastoring hundreds of people versus who was pastoring thousands of people. They are just regular men and women just using the gifts that God had given them. Very impressive. So I share that with you because I think it ties directly into the message this morning. Um, last week, Sutton did a great job. He, he started um, with the first two verses of Romans chapter 12 and talking about how we're to offer our bodies as living sacrifices of praise to God. That's our spiritual act of worship. And he said um, to do that, we need to take our place, places, take ourselves off the throne of our lives. So quit being the kings and queens of our lives. And we need to climb up on the altar and offer ourselves all that we have, all that we are to God. Talked about what it, what it means to, to die to self, to live for God, to live for others. And, and the thing that strikes me about that, you know, it, it's one thing to die once. It, it's a, a whole nother thing to die daily to yourself and to live for God and others. That's a really difficult thing, isn't it? To, to die every day to yourself and to live for the sake of God and others. So, um, we're going to pick up from there. We're going to be in Romans 12. We're going to look at verses 3 through 8. It's page 1136. If you have a church Bible, you'd like to follow along, I would encourage that. 1136. And um, we're just going to look at, at, so how do we begin to live this out? This idea of being living sacrifices of praise to God. Beginning in verse 3. For by the grace given me, this is the Apostle Paul speaking right here. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, Form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encourage, if, if, hang on. Is, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's, to, if it's giving, then give generously. And if it's to lead, 
Do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There's so much in, in those verses, and I just want to focus this morning really on, on a couple points. The first one is this. Don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think too highly of yourself and become proud and arrogant. But also don't think too lowly of yourself. And, and then end up failing to exercise the gifts that God has given you. So don't think too highly of yourself and become proud and arrogant. But don't think too lowly of yourself and, and not exercise the gifts that God has given you. So that's one thing that struck me. Here, here's another one. Um, don't let your charisma outpace your character. Don't let your charisma outpace your character. And I'm going to um, unpack that for you in a few minutes. But I, I want you to begin to let that sink in, to begin to uh, memorize that, actually. Don't let your charisma outpace your character. So let's pick up second part of verse 3. It says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Now, some of us have a problem of thinking too highly of ourselves. I tend to fall into that category. Like, I, I tend to think a little more highly of myself than I probably should. Um, and here's the thing this is a great reminder to those of us that fall into that category. Um, we didn't create ourselves. We can't take any responsibility for that. God created us. He, he did use our moms and our dads. They played a little part in that, right? They got the benefit of that. But um, we didn't create ourselves. We didn't choose our families, right? Um, we didn't choose where we would live. We didn't choose those circumstances, those situations. We didn't get to choose um, much of anything growing up, did we? We just were the recipients. And, and some of us had, had some really positive surroundings and circumstances and situations that we found ourselves in. And um, honestly, some of us didn't have those positive situations, circumstances, and surroundings. But here, here's the thing that I love about God. We, we would never choose those difficulties, would we? I mean, certainly if you're a parent, you, you don't want to choose those for your children. But aren't those the very things that God uses the most to develop our character, to, to develop this Christ-like character in our lives. It's not all the good things that we've experienced in life. It's really some of the challenging, or mostly the challenging situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. That's where the growth and development takes place. For instance, if you've never felt left out, not part of a group, of a team, then you probably don't have that sense of compassion and empathy for those who have felt that. You probably aren't going to go out of your way to, to reach out to invite in the newcomer, the outsider. See, God will use some of those difficult experiences in your life to, to really mold your character to be more Christ-like. Think about... Um, if you never had to struggle for things, if, if everything's just sort of come easy or it was provided for you, then, then you probably won't appreciate the benefit of hard work and perseverance. See, um, 
If you think you deserve everything, then you'll appreciate nothing. If you think you deserve everything, then I believe you'll appreciate nothing. And I think that's sort of the culture that we find ourselves in these days. Like, most people think they deserve everything, that they don't need to work for anything. And, and when that's the case, you really don't appreciate what you have, do you? So um, some of us struggle with the problem of thinking a little too highly of ourselves, but then there's a whole nother camp um, that we, some of us fall into, and that's the camp where we think too lowly of ourselves. We think too lowly of ourselves, and that may be the camp that you find yourself in. Um, maybe from time to time you think, yeah, I just don't have a lot to offer. Like, who would want to hang out with me? I don't, I don't think... I've got many gifts. I'm sort of worthless. You know, maybe you fall into that camp. And if that's where you fall, then let me tell you, you bought into a lie because that is not at all true. That is not true of you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. If you've ever doubted that, hear this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. God has created you uniquely and beautifully. He loves you so much. That's why he sent Jesus to die for you, to take the penalty of your sins upon him so that you could be in a relationship with God. That's how loved you are. That's how special you are. So don't buy the lie that you're less than, that you're unworthy. That could not be further from the truth. Now, so we struggle you know, don't think too highly of yourself, but don't think too lowly of yourself. And, and I was falling into that trap this, this week, right? So I, I go to this new cool church, and I'm, I'm starting to compare myself and compare our church to theirs. And, you know, I was thinking and feeling kind of lowly, where I was going in there feeling kind of highly, you know, after a great Easter. And then I go and hang out with these pastors and you know, see and hear what, what they're up to, and I'm, I'm feeling kind of lowly. But then I find another dude that sucks worse than me, and I feel kind of highly, you know? <laughs> so you can, here's the danger, right? Like, it's the danger of comparison. Don't fall in the trap of comparison, because when you begin to compare yourself, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to feel too highly about yourself, or you're going to feel too lowly about yourself. We're called to use the gifts that God has given us in the context where he has planted us. That's it. Quit comparing yourself. Quit comparing yourself. That's a struggle of mine. Now, let's look at verse 4 and, and beyond. It says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so, so in Christ we Though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. In, the, in other words, we have a part to play. We have a part to play. We are all members of what's called the body of Christ. If you have faith in Jesus, then you are a member of the body of Christ, part of that family. That's known as the church. The church. And God only has one church. We talk about this a lot, but it's represented in, in lots of different forms out there. But there's one church. There's one body. 
And if you are a believer, a follower of Jesus, you are part of that body. You have a role to play, and you have been given certain gifts to fulfill that role. That's good news. So you have a role to play, and it's unique. Only you can fulfill that role. So if you're thinking too highly of yourself and you're not doing it, or you're thinking too lowly of yourself and you're not doing it, then the body suffers. The body suffers. Just like our own bodies, we need the hand, we need the foot, we need the tongue, we need all the various body parts. Every part needs to do its part in order for the body to function effectively. The same is true for us as members of the church. Now, um, we have these gifts. Just because you acknowledge a gift doesn't make you proud or arrogant, right? You can acknowledge that you have these gifts and still stay humble. But I just want to encourage you that if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a role to play. And he has gifted you to carry out that role. You have a role to play. And he has gifted you to carry out that role. You have a role to play. And he has gifted you to carry out that role. We all have roles to play, and God has given us gifts to carry those roles out. We need to embrace that, but we need to do it, and it says this, according to the grace given to each of us. According to the grace given to each of us. What does that mean? What does that look like? So I've been thinking about this, and I think finally, in the last couple weeks, I've got a little bit of understanding about what that means and what it looks like. So I just finished listening to my first podcast. That's pretty pitiful, isn't it? So I, I am one podcast down. I've actually listened to a couple of podcasts. They're usually like sermons or something like that, but I don't feel like they really count. But this is my first one. It's like 12 different episodes. Each one's at least an hour. The last couple are two hours long. Like I feel a great sense of accomplishment right now. You know? And so this podcast is called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Some of you are familiar with this, but many of you are not. So let me explain. Um, Mars Hill is a church, and uh, it's a church that was in Seattle. Seattle, Washington, if you don't know, is one of the, the least churched areas in all of the United States. Um, it tends to be an area that's very hostile towards the church and, and God, um, but this, this young guy, really dynamic, gifted pastor by the name of Mark Driscoll, um, back in, in the 90s, the mid to late 90s, decided that he was going to go to this really challenging, difficult place in Seattle and start a church. And he called it Mars Hill. Now, um, man, it, it started to take off. I mean, he was really incredibly gifted. And it grew to the point over 18 years, it grew to have 14,000 members in five states and 15 different locations. That's pretty incredible, right? And it, it just seemed to be taken off. Um, in any given week, hundreds of thousands of people would listen to podcasts of his sermons. Hundreds of thousands of people. And, and he was like that celebrity pastor. He was called to, to speak at all these different conferences. I mean, he had just skyrocketed like this. But, but I often say things that go up quickly, guess what? They come down 
quickly. And so there's this great rise in the church, this great rise in the popularity of Mark Driscoll. And then it all came crashing down. And Mars Hill does not exist today. That church does not exist today. Why? Well, here, by listening to the podcast, this is what I believe to be the case. And it, this isn't just true for him. This could be true for each and every one of us, and we need to be on guard against this. Here's what I think happened to him. His charisma outpaced his character. His charisma outpaced his character. We need to be on guard that our charisma does not outpace our character. So what do I mean by that? Well, charisma comes from this Greek word charismata, and that simply means divine gifts, divine gifts. So our charisma is the result of these charisms, these divine gifts that we have been given by God. And so we need to be careful, like, like someone who is incredibly gifted, like Mark Driscoll, his gifts were up here, but his character had not risen to that same level. He didn't have the same humility and maturity that he needed to really manage these gifts well. And because of that, a lot of people were hurt. The church ended up failing, and he and his family suffered as well. We don't want our gifts, our charisma, to outpace our character. You want to bring them at least together or Maybe even ideally have your character surpass your charisma, your gifting. Does that make sense? Now, just as a, a simple illustration of what that might look like. Um, so we all have these gifts. And I, our, our son Craig, he just turned 13. And you know what we gave him for his birthday? A gun. Can't believe it. Zach, appreciate that. The, uh, it was an airsoft gun, you know, so it was like a, a sort of a starter weapon. But, uh, but when we gave him this gun, it, it could still hurt. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, it could be harmful to others and yourself. And so we didn't just give him the gun and all these pellets and go, go have fun. Like, shoot your brothers if you want. You know, take out a dog or two, whatever. You know, just, just have fun with this gift. It's all yours. We didn't do that. We said, no, this is how you use it. You need to be humble because this is, this is a weapon. It could hurt you or somebody else. You need to be mature in how you handle this. And guess what? This is a gift that we're giving to you. If you don't handle it right, guess what's going to happen? We're taking it back. We're taking it back. We need to recognize everything that we have is a gift. It's a gift from God. And so we need to handle it or handle them with humility and maturity. We need to make sure that our gifts, our charisma, does not outpace our character, our humility, and our maturity. Make sense? If you don't, a lot of people will probably get hurt. And you might get hurt as well. You know, I think God is does something similar with us. I mean, it, I want you to think about this. If, if you have any belief in God, if you have any sense of his presence, like sometimes when we're singing these songs and, and you sense this presence of God, if you ever um, open up the word of God or you, 
you hear it read and you have some understanding, I, I want you to know that God is at work in you, that the God of the universe is at work in you, and that he is giving you this gift of faith. And, and this gift of faith will transform you, transform your life. It is the most incredible, most valuable gift of all. It's a miraculous gift. You know that you can't manufacture faith. You can't manufacture it. You can't create it yourself. It's a gift, a supernatural gift. And so if you've experienced any of that, then know that God is gifting you with this incredible gift of faith. And not only that, that when you embrace this gift, you receive his spirit. And there is nothing, no gift greater than the spirit of God living within you. Now, we can't create faith, but we can certainly put ourselves in a position to cultivate it and grow in our faith. That's what we're called to do. God entrusts us with these gifts. We need to be humble. We need to be mature. Because if not, other people can get hurt. And so can we. So important. Um, now, it's also important to recognize that when we receive gifts like the gift of faith or, or a bunch of these other gifts that we're going to talk about um, in time, that they're not just ours, right? Um, I love how the Apostle Paul points it out. He says this, he said, In Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Like, did you know that you belong to everybody else? You may have come in here today thinking, you know, it's all me here. And it's like, nope, you don't belong just to yourself. You belong to everybody else here. And not only here, but like outside these walls. You know, there is one church all around the world. It's a diverse-looking church. Like, you are part of that church. You belong to all of those people. And it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. According to the grace given to each of us. That is amazing. And so we can't um, receive these gifts and, and hold on to them selfishly. we got to be careful about that because that, that can be our tendency. we got to remember that everything that we've received, it, it's a gift. Hold it loosely. It doesn't belong just to me or to you. It belongs to all of us. So we need to share it to use those gifts for God and his purposes and for each other. That's important. Now, the Apostle Paul, he goes and continues on. He starts talking about some of these gifts. Not only does he talk about them here in Romans chapter 12, but he talks about even some more of them in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then he talks about more gifts, some different gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. And then old Peter, he chimes in, and he's got some gifts that he wants to share too, and that's in 1 Peter chapter 4. And so there are all these gifts that I want us to take a look at, but we just don't have time this morning to do it justice. So I've decided we're going to focus on those gifts next week. So hopefully you'll come and be a part of that, or, or watching online, you can tune in. But it's important to understand that, that there are all these gifts that God has and, and you've got some of them. Like, you have some of these gifts. And some of them you don't even realize you have. And so I want you to discover the gifts that you have. And then I want you to put yourself in a position to help cultivate those and see them grow in your life. And then not use them just for your sole purposes, but use them for the body of Christ, right? That's who we are. That's what we're a part of. 
Sound good? So that's what we're going to talk about next week. So for this week, just focus in on a couple things. One, again, don't think too highly of yourself and become proud and arrogant, but don't think too lowly of yourself and fail to use the gifts that God has given you. That's one. Be humble, be mature, avoid the trap of comparison. And then, and finally, um, don't let your charisma, your gifts, outpace your character. Don't let that happen. Because if you do, a lot of people are going to be hurt. And so are you. Don't allow your charisma to outpace your character. Let's pray. God, thanks so much. Lord, just in, in a few verses, there's just more than we can unpack in, in a morning. And I, I pray that we would just um, take the time to really contemplate what you have to say to us. And, and I pray encouragement right now. I pray um, encouragement over everybody here, that if anybody here is, is feeling lesser than, maybe feeling a little lowly, that they would be reminded that, one, if, if they're here, you're doing something. There's, there's a reason they are here, that they would be excited to know that um, you're in the process of giving them this supernatural gift of faith. And they have an opportunity to embrace this gift and watch it grow and grow and grow. And I pray that they would do that humbly and, and experience maturity in the midst of it. Lord, I, I just pray for that kind of encouragement right now. And for anybody that's holding back, that they would just fully surrender to you. And um, Lord, I thank you for these gifts, but sometimes we can get a little full of ourselves. And, and so I pray against that in the name of Jesus also. Lord, help us to use the gifts that you have blessed us with for your greater good and the greater good of your church, your body. We ask it all in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.